How's it going? Good. How are you? You sound great. What's up? Oh, nothing. Having fun. Doing work. Just got off a call. And are you a millionaire now? No. How do you how do you how do you become a safety guy with a million bucks? Start with three million? Start with start with exactly. <laughs> exactly. I can't believe I just stepped on your punchline. No, no, no. It's good, man. It's an old, it's a well-stepped on punchline. Believe me. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Pre-Accident Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Conklin. Hola. Como estas, amigos? In todo el mundo. So today is a podcast day, and I love podcast days. Even in the midst of a pandemic, when the world is going nutty and crazy, we can take a few minutes to talk to each other, and that is a good time. I mean, I really appreciate it. I think you do, too. I hope you do. It seems like you must, and that is encouraging to me. And today we get to talk to an old bud of the pod, someone you know well, You've, so, you've spoken, you've probably seen, I mean, you know him well, Jeff Lith, who you can't say his name without lisping. Let's just get that out there early. But Jeff and I were talking, and I really like the way he's thinking about the path forward, what's ahead. And I, I think the reason I like it is because Jeff's a, a, a positive guy by nature, so it's not hard to get him to be positive. But I like the energy he's put in to thinking about what next looks like and how we can best use that next to increase the world's capacity to be a better, more resilient, more reliable place. And who, honest to goodness, I'm, I'm asking you, who doesn't want to hear that podcast? Just raise your hand and you can step away innocently and you'll be fine. We had a great talk. It's been that kind of week for all of us, at least here in the United States, it's just when you look at systems and that's what we do, right? We look at systems and we really espouse the notion that you don't ask who failed, you ask what failed and then look at racial justice and the environment in which we live, that systems view becomes really powerful. And it's funny, the, the things we talk about for a guy who sprains his ankle or breaks his arm, or sometimes serious accidents and injuries, I'm, I'm not downplaying them at all, that shifting from who failed to what failed is such a powerful frame when you're looking at larger, more universal, put quotes around the word universal problems, uh, larger problems, like problems of state, problems of, of, of national importance. Because it's so easy to go to the who. It's so easy to live in a world where we say a bad apple made this happen. And you hear it all the time. I mean, you can't, you can't watch the television or listen to the news or, or read a magazine or a web page and not sense this notion that, oh, this would be so much easier if a bad person would have done something bad. Because it's a harder problem when you start looking at systems. It's a harder problem when you start looking at what failed because what failed turns that mirror around and you're starting to look at systems in which you're a part of. And words like accountability 
start to have much new meaning. And I think that's, that's really been an important part of the last week or so in my thinking. It's something that I, I want you to kick around and think about as well, because these are the things that we espouse. This is what we talk about to organizations across the globe. And yet, when you get to look at them in much richer, more amplified photographs, uh, videotapes, environments in which we live, you really start to see the world differently. And you can see things like systemic problems that exist in systems are just that. They're problems that exist in the system. The system allows the conditions to exist by which these outcomes are possible. And never mind your politics. I mean, you can mind your politics. I didn't mean to say it that way. They're your politics. But we don't have to go into a political discussion because what we're really talking about is the notion of how we view failure and how we deliberately choose to respond to the failures that we're viewing. And that is a very interesting thing to think about, which is why I wanted Jeff Lith to be on because he can make a serious topic at least fun to think about. And he does it with such joy and such energy that it's a almost infectious. You really should work. I mean, I don't want to tell you how to live your life or anything, but you should try to surround yourself with people who make you better. And in hanging out with people who make you better, the weirdest thing happens. You get better. It's weird. I don't know. It's the the power of the environment in which you are. That power really makes a difference. So that's kind of the launching point for today's discussion. It's a goodie. You're going to like it a lot, actually, just because I really pushed Jeff pretty hard about what the world's going to look like and where we're going to go with this and what this all means to us. Cause I do think those are really important things for us to ponder. And that's what we did. So why don't we sit together and ponder collectively and just enjoy yourselves. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're keeping well, keeping your nose covered. The, the potential to sort of let your guard down is so strong, man. Every bone in my body wants to just go out and do stuff. But I'm trying to be really careful because it's a virus and it's not done. And we don't really have much more approach to it than we did beforehand. But I'm thinking a lot about uh, the freedom I once had in kind of a jealous way. (laughs) You must be too. But I'm also doing good. I'm keeping my nose covered. I can't say enough about the data that's coming down around mask use. Uh, the the one that's that's got me probably most excited are the Missouri hairdressers, the two ladies that worked in the hair salon, the beauty parlor, as we would call it in the Midwest of the United States, who both were COVID-19 positive for four days and saw clients and were next to clients and were in the beauty parlor with the clients. But because they had masks on and because every client had masks on, there were no infections reported at all, zero from that event. That's a a piece of applied data. There's a lot of really good scientifically based, you know, information, research being done on this, but that applied data 
That's a pretty powerful argument, if you ask me. I know it's a pain in the butt. Well, not butt, really. Pain in the mouth, pain in the face. But maybe it's worth it. So let's take a moment. I'll, I'll, I'll quit yammering on. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends. Listen carefully because I think you're going to find this Jeff List conversation to be one that is worth your time. And I'm so glad you're here. So without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, here's the conversation. Well, it feels good. It feels like we're coming out of, uh, feels like we're, we're starting to come out of something. Not, uh, not out in public, not in group gatherings, but it, uh, you know, the uncertainty seems to be subsiding a bit and, and it feels really good to come forward with a strategy to pick up where we left off in March, you know? And and yet, really, the uncertainty is still just as uncertain, right? I mean, the virus oh, sure. really hasn't developed. I wonder what, what's causing us to feel. Is it just a desperate attempt for normal? Well, I've been resisting a desperate attempt for normal since this thing began. Oh, your whole um, life, Jeff, your whole life. <laughs> you know, You know me too well. No, I just think it, I certainly didn't want to try for that in the early days. And, and um, I mean, work is going to continue in a new way. And I, I don't think in the early days I could grasp the degree to which it was going to change doing the kind of work we do. Fair right? enough. Fair enough. I think that's true. Will it change like, yeah. like the book club? Will the book club change? Oh, the book club changes massively. That's been such a tough go. Um you know, we, it was all about getting offline and it was all about meeting locally and in person and, and that sort of thing. It was, it was all about what we can't do. So what, what do you envision the book club will become holding on to that, that sense of intimacy or whatever word fits best there? Yeah. I, you know, I, I sat with it a long time and had a lot of conversations with folks that are, that are really interested in, in, in doing that sort of thing. Um, and it just, it has to be online, right? I mean, we've talked about everything from six foot circles in parks to, to everything you can imagine. And I think it's, I think obviously we're going to go online, but I think it should still be regional. We should still try to stay as true to, to, uh, you know, what we were all about uh, as best as possible. And I'd like to think that we'll go online, but we'll, we'll stay local and utilize, you know, whatever, whatever little, whatever things the hive mind comes up with for making zoom get togethers and that sort of thing, the most fun and entertaining and informative they can be, you know? So what are you thinking? What are you thinking you'll do to make those zoom get togethers more personal? Well, I don't know. I still t- keeping it small. It's interesting when you t- talk to the hosts in cities uh, around the world. Everybody's at a different stage of, of spreading the good word. So I think starting small is is not a problem. Um, you know, I think we can we can still do a lot of what we set out to do. We can have a bit of fun, be a bit irreverent, but start with start with a piece, a paper, a, a book, a video, a, a podcast episode, and and discuss that. You know, we can do that. And uh, we can just leave it up to the brilliant, creative people out there to find new and fun ways to do it. How do you see this changing you as a safety pro? Safety pro? I know. I don't know. I don't know where that came from. That just shot out. <laughs> I know. Just, wait, wait. What? Hello, hello. Is this thing on? Hello, testing, testing. <laughs> I was going to say I haven't been one of those in years. Uh, how does it change me as a Sa- safety pro? Well, I did safety person safety safety being safety i don't being. know it um 
I, I, well, this is this is it. This is the adept. So the book club is one thing because it was about that community building and a community of practice and, and all those sorts of things. But the, you know, the client work uh, is evolving in a way that I think is good. I mean, saves an awful lot of time in airplanes and airports. Um, loses something in the human connection, but we're all you know actively finding our way to shore that up. What do you think that's going to look? What are you projecting? Well, you know, we, we, you know, where we used to workshop or, or sort of seminar in, in person, we can, we can take that online. I mean, the approach is still the same. It's just virtual, right? Um, you know, I, we've talked about this. I believe in a philosophy first approach, um, whatever, whatever triggers the, the, you know, an organization to want to question that those long held beliefs or, or what, how, why, you know, their model of why they think accidents happen. So we can still go philosophy first. Um, we can do the fluency sessions, the, the foundational sessions. Um, we can do learning team workshops virtually, and we can do the coaching and, and the, uh, you know, the integration guidance virtually as well. Do you think it'll be effective? It's got to be effective. Yeah, it'll be effective. It'll be effective. What, what it's already you, started to be effective. What do you think will make it this, that way? Well, I think it's the same thing. There is when I think the flow, the flow that we've taken to 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 roll this out in organizations, it has a it has a, a sort of a snowballing effect to it. Um, and if we nurture that along right, and we and we develop that momentum, I think the develop the momentum of of the the uh, a, a refreshed approach. Um, is going to carry on through the organization. It'll take different prompting and different coaching than it has in person, but I think it's the same. It'll be the same momentum. So walk me through this flow. What do you, what do you see as, as a potential idea for successfully helping an organization move to uh, a new level of maturity in the way they do operational reliability? Oh, man. As a safety, really? As a safety pro. <laughs> really? Really? Can you not like ask me any of the fun questions? Um, well, okay. What's your favorite color? You know, what's your favorite color, buddy elf? Um, I I always think you know for right or for wrong. My experience over the last couple of years has been that people come by accident because they have an accident by anomaly. Something happens that their conventional thinking they can't get their head around or or asymptote right. And we start a conversation. And then it's always been important to me to go philosophy first. And once we can sort of shake up that reliance on long-held models, that opens the ground for the the fundamental sessions and the fluency sessions. Uh, Those are so well-received, a bit of a transformative process. And then the first really anchor tool in the toolkit after that, I think, is learning teams. So workshop on that. And then we take that back into organizations and... and, um, and then it starts to, you know, practice that, and then it starts to influence a lot of aspects of their safety management, right? So why we, why do you think learning teams are the first anchor out? God, it's 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 just taken off, hasn't it? Like that, yeah. just that notion, and it's and it's a it has many names, right? It's it's not it's not. Uh, I don't. I think that type of approach is unique as we apply it to safety um, and as we apply it with this thinking. But that sort of learning model has been around for a long time. And I think the fruit it bears um, is just so appealing right off the hop. I mean, it, it organizations that 
that we've played with that, that go and try it. I mean, almost right away, uh, they're coming out with these rich learning and then it's off to the races from there. It's interesting too, because tapping into that operational learning is, is really something they can do on their own without you. I mean, you could still be zoom bound or whatever term we're going to use for this. <laughs> hmm. Did you have to think about that? I'm sorry. I, I was picturing it actually oh, bound, bound. bound in front of a zoom camera. No, that's a much different website. That's uh, yeah. That's, yeah. 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 That's, that's not my browser history, brother. Um, <laughs> No, I, you know, this, so the, like the tools, the mechanism of it is, you know, we've even got hard hat mounted, uh, cams, right. With, with smart screens for people. So there's lots of tools for getting out on the shop floor without leaving your city. Um, but it's always been a, you know, a, a help people help themselves kind of model, right. It's never been an approach that, that, that makes assistance anymore. We're, it's all about working ourselves out of a job. So always, yeah, I think that's true. And, and yeah. it seems like the right motivation. How, how, do yeah. you think, how do you think new clients will find you? I don't know. It's I mean, have you, somebody have you doesn't have about like that? a broadcast or something like that. <laughs> a broadcast? How about a podcast? <laughs> yeah, something. Oh, yeah, there you go. I've heard of those. Well, that is one. No, I, I, hmm? That is one way. You'll get some exposure there. It, yeah. You were doing great until you started talking about uh, bound up in Zoom. <laughs> yeah, got you distracted too, did it? Um uh, how did it, it's word of mouth, word of mouth and relationships and, 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 um, and yeah, just the network, the network of great well, that, folks that, that share really, ideas and that really hasn't changed much then. I mean, that's no, that, that hasn't changed. Well, and it was, to me, it was a, it was a pretty global network that managed to stay together, uh, you know, through the last eight years, um, you know, and, and forge relationships that way. Uh, some of those people I only met you know, in the last year, uh, yeah, I think that, that it's daunting to look forward and think, how do we, if we never get that opportunity to be face to face, how do we build those bonds? But it's been a loosely connected global community for ages and still is. Do you see an advantage in, in what we've talked about in kind of the, the new view as it relates to this global pandemic crisis? I mean, has that put you in a position where you can have different, maybe even more fruitful conversations with people? Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Um, it's something we've all experienced in our own ways, wherever we are. So, so we've all, we're all still having and have come through an experience with this. And then we can, you know, is, there's lots of opportunity to, I think, talk about the things we talk about you know, where we used to use other examples, we can sort of zoom out and, and use this pandemic example for capacity and, and, and resilience and adaptability and, and, uh, about, uh, the VUCA world that we, we are in. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot of relevance and, and, um, I think I want to hope that, um, as, as I guess disorienting as this experience has been for some people, who really need that rigidity or that the way things were, or as you said before, that, that old normalcy. Um, you know, I think understanding that uncertainty is not a problem uh, if you adapt to it and that, you know, variability is not a problem if you adapt to it. So I think that, 
maybe there's a path forward coming out of this experience where people might, I don't know, understand what we're talking about maybe a little better or a little differently. I kind of like what you said. It's true. I hadn't thought of it that way, that uncertainty or variability um, to stable operations, kind of old school linear world thinking is a, is a problem. To the people who think more about complex systems, kind of new view, it's an inevitability. I mean, it's, it's, it's always present. Uncertainty is always present. Um, it's always happening. That's a very different way to look at it. I mean, I think that's actually quite a brilliant observation. Uh, thank you. Yeah. You're the worst person to compliment. <laughs> God, I don't know why I insist upon complimenting Canadians. It is just, I'm sorry. it's just a waste of my time. It's like th- those are breaths I'll never get back. <laughs> I could have used them for something good, like ordering pizza or yodeling. Yeah, yeah. Teaching yeah, someone how to good. play the bagpipes. I could have used those breasts much more profitably. Well, somebody I somebody I know talks about, you know, good work done well for the right reasons and ah, and good. you know, I think in a in a post, I forget who that was, in a post sort of or in a in a pandemic not a post, but in a in a pandemic world. Um we can still do that. It's just, I, th- I just think it's really magnified and accelerated and taken on a whole new, a whole new dimension. You know? And the cats I'm talking to tell me we've got about 30 months left. Yeah. So I guess we could look at that as a negative outcome. I mean, that's not the most positive thing to say, or we can just look at it as inevitable. I mean, that's, that's what we have and becoming successful in new ways is a really interesting opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it feels like the same mission and it's same, it feels like bringing the same value and, and seeing the same, you know, the same result. Um, just, just at a distance, a little less travel, um, more time. I think we need to spend more time uh, talking and, and zooming, uh, maybe, uh, but no, we can get there. So let me tap into your applied sensibilities. What advice would you give to organizations right now that are in the very same position we're all in, but are managing yeah. people, products, operations? What, what should they be thinking about and what should they be doing? I don't know, man. I'm not one to, not one to tell people what to think or do. Um, you know, I would say if, if, if you think it's fine, if there's, if there's, if there's nothing in you that, that makes you question and if it feels fine to you, I'm not in the business of, of convincing you otherwise. But if, if this, the experience of this year, if, if there's something going on in operations uh, that might make you think uh, that some a bit of an update is necessary or a bit of a review of our long held sort of beliefs and models, then um, it's an excellent time. Um, there's a lot of change going on in the world and, and we can, we can, this is not revolutionary change that we, you know, that we bring in, but I think it's timely change. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe in the face of this year that we've had so far that the change that we, we try to usher in is less scary. Is that possible? I think so. I think very much so. I think that organizations that had lots of capacity, we're able to sort of roll with the punch to flex and bend, um, to yeah. gracefully extend, to use David Wood's words, organizations that didn't have a lot of capacity that were brittle 
are suffering from the brittleness. And either way, there's lessons to be learned from both sides of that question. Well said, brother. Thanks, man. Did we cover it? Did we miss anything? (laughs) I don't think so. I think that about sums it up. What do you think? Isn't Jeff fun? He's just fun to talk to. And I like what he's thinking. And he's really thinking about moving the book club to virtual because I think you have to, right? There's not a lot of choice. And we're doing a lot of work around virtual training internationally that's definitely worth i mean if, if you're curious to see what success looks like jeff's probably someone you ought to connect with he's he's definitely worth talking to and uh he's gathering he's amassing that's a better word than gathering it's more much more macho he's amassing kind of a lot of experience and out of that a lot of information and that my friends is what we all want that actually takes us home so i'm so glad we got to spend some time together and get back on the pod. It's nice. Uh, I'm going to bring some old names back. It's going to happen. You're going to be pretty impressed with, uh, uh, yeah, there's lots of, there's tons of great people that want to be on. So that's always fun. And it's just fun spending time with you. That means a lot. So tell your friends, subscribe if you want to. That always makes a big difference. I don't really know why, but there's a reason I'm sure. Algorithms, they tell me. It's all about the algorithm. Until then, stay well, keep your nose covered. That's going to make a big difference. Uh, I don't know if you saw Nassim Taleb's mask information, but I think I'm going to talk about that in a little bit of detail this week. So that's coming up as well. So be ready for that as well. Until then, my friends, learn something new every single day. Have as much fun as you possibly can. Be kind to each other. We need it right now, probably more than ever. And for goodness sakes, you guys, be safe.